Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, um, and welcome to uh, Facebook Live. And uh, this is, today is something about around the 23rd of June. Um, this is our uh, almost last week of the year, um, you know, in uh, academics. It's the end of the academic year, so I do want to thank all of our fellows who did a great job this year, and we welcome all our new fellows. What happens within the next week? Um, COVID is still everywhere and all over the place, so I think people are beginning to get more used to things. The good news is, particularly if you have kids, that over six months now uh, the vaccines are available. People were starting getting injected yesterday. So that part's really good. Moderma and Pfizer both are available. So pick, your, pick what you think is best or what's available, and that'll be good for people moving forward as well. So. Um, in terms of uh, some of the things we're doing, we are putting a lot more time on developing stuff for YouTube, more videos, more live stuff. But we're also doing a lot of stuff on Facebook, which as you can see now, our weekly Facebook talk. So this one I put down vasculitis, and the reason I put down vasculitis is I thought it's a topic where we're seeing a lot more patients. We have a lot of expertise at Hopkins, uh, uh, in terms of the non-radiologists, you know, in rheumatology and just in general, uh, some of the world's real experts, uh, for example, David Hellman at Bayview here, uh, just, you know, world-class, Elizabeth Ratchford, who's here and in the community uh, on fibromuscular dysplasia. So we have a lot of really good people. So we do a lot of cases. So just some of the things, one of the things that CT is very good at is looking at vascular disease. When we think about it, we think more about aortic aneurysms, dissections, but also you need to be thinking about vasculitis. Now, vasculitis is often a diagnosis where no one is thinking about that diagnosis. Patients may present with FUO, patients may present with abdominal pain, back pain, it may be on an incidental finding on some imaging study. So vasculitis is a very interesting process. Often it takes a while for someone to be considered that, oh, maybe they have vasculitis because everyone's thinking about some other process, right? So it's really a little bit tricky. Now, things we look for on CT, we look for the most thing I want to say we look for the most is looking for vessel wall thickening. Obviously, thickening most commonly is due to plaque, atherosclerotic disease, with or without calcification. But this is thickening of the vessel with narrowing of the vessel. When you talk about vasculitis, you talk about large vessel disease, medium vessel disease, and small vessel disease. So, but so for example, uh, Kawasaki's disease is the classic vasculitis that involves the coronary arteries with vessel narrowing and aneurysms, particularly aneurysms. Takayashu's large vessel disease as well, that classically involves the left subclavian artery. You see thickening of the left subclavian and narrowing of the vessel, particularly at its root. So it's this combination of things that really put you in the vasculitis category. Fibromuscular dysplasia, multiple vessel involvement, um, and um, what vessels? We always think about the renal arteries of fibromuscular dysplasia, and we talk about beading, right? That beading appearance for FMD, but for FMD you can have beading, you can have aneurysms, you could have stenosis. We also talk about FMD, renal arteries, but also carotids are very common. And we also, when we look at imaging, you also can see it in the mesenteric vessels. So one of the things about FMD, 
about vasculitis in general is that it's often underdiagnosed unless you look very carefully. Now, if you have big vessel disease, obviously you see a stenosis in the left subclavian, it's gonna be a touch easier. Or you see a coronary artery aneurysm, it's gonna be a touch easier. But particularly for a lot of the small vessel diseases, it's kind of tricky. With fibromuscular dysplasia, if the beating is bad or the stenosis is high grade or it's a big aneurysm, you'll see it on the axial views. I think it's very important to be able to not only look at the axials, but look at the 3D mapping, look at the coronals, look at the MIP. MIP is particularly good for looking at stenosis, particularly good for looking at um, uh, beating. MIP is not good for looking at wall thickening. You can see if the wall thickening causes narrowing of the lumen, that shows really well, but just seeing the soft tissue, you don't really visualize it on the MIP imaging. You see that much better on either a uh, coronal or sagittal view, or on the volume rendered views, or on the cinematic rendered views. That works out very, very well. So we do like that uh, as a way of doing things. You have to look carefully. Things like polyarthritis nodosis, small vessel disease, the classic thing there is small aneurysms, right? Multiple small aneurysms, particularly in the renal arteries. It's often hard to see unless you're very careful. Again, a good, good rule is to look at slab, thin MIP imaging to look at the vessels and look for any vasculitis. Now I am seeing, just uh, not to change the thought, but I just wanna say hi to John Biacchino. John's has having a staycation at home, entering week two. I, John, I was walking over looking for you. I thought you were just out next week, but um, have a good staycation. And then John Davenport, good morning from Phoenix and Monteverdi Upehaya, um, hi to him as well. So um, the vasculitis part of imaging, if I'm looking for suspected vasculitis, what do I do? I'll use arterial phase imaging, I'll use thin sections, I'll use reconstructions. As I mentioned, looking at axial alone, unless it's pretty impressive disease, you can easily miss it, particularly if the vessel is not in the same plane. I see lots of vasculitis involving vessels like the SMA, which you don't really appreciate unless you look at the MIP or the volume rendering from a direct projection technique. So that becomes very important. I think um, with vasculitis, you need to be really careful in looking. Again, clinical histories can be helpful. When it says rule out FMD, I'm looking really careful at the renal arteries and I'm looking at the other vessels as well. And perhaps that's one of the good messages I can leave you with today. Even though something like FMD is the renal arteries, you gotta look at the mesenteric vessels. Often seeing SMA involved, IMA involved, carotids. I mean, you just need to really keep looking. Um, as I said, protocols are critical. Arterial phase imaging, you don't need delayed. Um, Multiplanar reconstruction is great. And then a combination of volume rendering and MIP imaging to really analyze all the vessels, I think is what you need to do. In terms of vasculitis and organs, so again, let's take polyarthritis nodosa, you will often see these multiple small aneurysms or pseudoaneurysms in the renal arteries, particularly intrarenal and renal arteries. You'll also then see perfusion changes, which can look like infection, but probably are infarcts. You can see scarring in the kidneys. Uh, occasionally, vasculitis can lead to bleeding. Remember. 
something like renal bleeding can be due to many things, uh, Coumadin, renal tumors, both malignant and angiomyelopomas, but also vasculitis is one of the common causes of bleeding. So you, you wanna take a careful, careful look at, at that. You wanna also look at some of the articles um, about things that um, also cause vasculitis that you can make a really superb diagnosis. One is Ernheim-Chester, where you get marked soft tissue thickening around the aorta, thoracic included, and then you get this infiltration around the kidney, the perirenal space. Uh, patients have all sorts of symptoms. People don't think of that diagnosis. It's rare, but not extremely rare. And we've had cases here where very sharp clinicians have been able to pick up that, that thought. The patients have multiple symptoms, it's been going on for many years. No one ever thought of the possibility of Ernheim-Chester. Uh, but again, that perirenal space involvement. When we see perirenal space involvement, Ernheim-Chester we think of right away because it's, we quiz people on that. But you can see it rare things like extramedullary hematopoiesis. Most commonly, it's probably lymphoma. You can see it with bleed, you can see some stranding with infection, but really dense is perirenal spread of a lymphoma. That's kind of a classic thing. And Satomi Kawamoto just wrote an article on um, extramedullary hematopoiesis, focusing on thalassemia patients. And one of her cases was this perirenal space involvement in a patient with thalassemia. So there's many ways to go with this. There's many things you can be looking at. Um, what else can I tell you about vasculitis? I can tell you that um, a typical study for vasculitis will be from the neck through the pelvis. Sometimes people do runoff studies because you can see vessel disease in the popliteals or in the SFAs. Occasionally I've seen it in the um, trifurcation vessels. More commonly, and what I'm more interested in is those mesenteric vessels, not just the SMA proximal, but the SMA distal beyond its branching. You wanna look at the size of the vessels, are they normal in caliber? You wanna look for stenosis, you wanna look for occlusion, you wanna look for aneurysms or pseudoaneurysms. All of those things are possible, and they're all things you really should be looking at. Now, um, what else could I tell you? You look at solid organs I mentioned with, with um, vasculitis, you can see renal infarcts. You can see pulmonary infarcts. You can see vessel occlusion, arm weakness because of subclavian involvement. So you can see many, many things. Vasculitis is a funny diagnosis because it's really hard to really pin it down because it can do many things in many places, so it's very tricky. We have some articles on CTSS. I think I did about a month ago a couple lectures on vasculitis. Uh, there's a bunch of textbook articles worthwhile reading. And the way I would read them is pick a disease, pick Ernheim-Chester, read a couple articles about that. Pick FMD, read a couple articles about that from the radiology perspective and the non-radiology perspective. And if you do that, I think you will do fine. So I'll stop there unless anyone has any questions. I see some people are on. Uh, again, uh, we are trying to do some new stuff on CTSS, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Every place we are, we're trying to really pick up our game. So hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully we'll look forward to your comments, questions, answers, and anything in between. Now with that, if there are no questions, which I don't see any, I wish everybody a happy day and speak with you soon.